What's up, rich friends? Welcome back to another episode of Net Worth and Chill with me, your host, Vivian Tu, aka your rich BFF and your favorite Wall Street girly. So a question I get a lot is why I left Wall Street. And I'm sure you're picturing Wolf of Wall Street throwing cash around. It seems amazing. They're going to fancy dinners. And in part, that is a little true, but I had a really good reason to leave. And since you guys all seem to be so curious, I thought I'd talk about it. I'm going to be brutally honest. We're definitely going to touch upon some of my major insecurities. And I hope that I can leave you with a gold nugget of wisdom that I learned that you're able to take into your own career. So let's get started. So my whole life, I've kind of been the girl who did the right thing. I grew up in a Chinese immigrant home, and I was told that if I followed this blueprint and I was a really good student in school, I'd be able to achieve the American dream. And a big portion of that was this emphasis placed on education. And I was a big nerd, and I worked really hard. I studied a lot, and I ended up becoming the valedictorian of my high school. I was accepted into the University of Chicago, and if you haven't heard of it, it has this big reputation of being this really economics forward school. Even if you aren't an econ major, you're learning quite a bit about economics, how the world works, how things interact with each other. And as most Asian parents do, uh, my parents recommended that I go down one of three paths. So I was either allowed to study law, medicine, or engineering, but I decided to study economics instead. I wanted to learn about, you know, what UChicago was really known for. And I wanted to change the world. And I was so bright eyed and bushy tailed. But (laughs) unfortunately for me, turns out the economics major at the world's top university for economics is quite competitive and quite challenging. And it was the first time in my life that I had really struggled academically. And I ended up getting a C plus in the very beginner, like base level econ class. So I knew that I was not, in fact, built different. I was, in fact, built not correctly for this major. So I wasn't going to be able to tough it out for the next three years. I didn't want to tank my GPA. So I ended up pivoting into a double major in public policy and environmental studies. And those were topics that I was really naturally interested in, but they also required quite a lot less in terms of credits. So I'm just being honest here. Around junior year, I started to think about like, what do I want to be when I grow up? What is a job that I could be really proud about? And I had no idea. I just knew that I wanted to make a shit ton of money. I wanted to be able to tell people about my cool job and brag. And I did not want to ask my parents for anything because they had already done so much for me. But also with that Chinese parent mentality, if I did not have a job that I was able to support myself, it would very much be like, I told you so. And I like really could not hear that. So at the time, a lot of my friends were going through through Wall Street recruiting. And I just hopped on that bandwagon. Like I genuinely decided what I was going to do after college because everyone else was doing it. Like I am an absolute lemming. I would be that bird that literally just walks off that cliff. But fast forward, I get an internship at JP Morgan on the equities desk in New York City. And it's a grueling 10 weeks. I was in the office every day at like 5.45. I didn't leave until, let's call it like 7, 7.30. And because I was an intern, sometimes I'd even go in on the weekends to actually work on the project that I had to present at the end of the summer. And you're just like stressed out the whole entire time because it's so fast paced. And you know that at the end of the 10 weeks, pretty much only 50% of the people who are hired as interns are going to get full-time jobs. So it's very much like you were the guy sitting next to you. You need to show why you're valuable, why the team should hire you, why you're the best fit. And it just felt very 
very, very like cutthroat at the time. Lucky for me, I did end up getting the full-time job. And after graduation, I moved to New York. I literally spent my entire life savings on the world's shittiest apartment. Um, me and my roommate lived in a 600, 650 square foot studio, which is like when there's just one big room and there's no actual doors to anything. And we didn't even have the money to put up a synthetic wall. So it was just like a glorified NYU dorm room. And it was only slightly better because both of us had full size beds. Um, but I really enjoyed working on Wall Street. My work was fast paced. It was intense. I constantly felt like I was learning and I was always on edge, but I secretly really did love it. And for my first two managers, I will say I got very, very lucky. I was assigned to the industrials, materials and energy team, which made a lot of sense. I was a public policy and environmental studies double major, but I ended up getting the only Asian woman on the team assigned as my manager. And this is horrible to say, but they were really looking for the two for deal. Everybody else on that team was pretty much a white guy except for me and my boss. And she and I were both the female and the non-white diversity in one package. On top of that, I had a, another mentor manager who was a really kind, patient man. He had two daughters. And listen, I'm not saying that like he treated me better because he had daughters, but I'm sure he must have thought somewhere in his heart of hearts like, hey, if one of my girls grows up and does this job, like I really want someone to treat them the way that I'm probably going to treat this person. So they were very awesome. They helped me so much to build my career. You know, they were tough. Like there were certainly days that I got yelled at for not doing great A work, but they supported my career. Their bosses supported my career. I really did not feel like I could have a better job. But about a year and a half in, the head of my desk actually got let go. I think JP Morgan wanted to really revitalize their equities business and they basically brought in a new desk head. So the big boss. And and instead of it being like the team that I had interned with and got hired for, this big boss ended up firing a bunch of people. A lot of people left. He brought in all of his old friends and suddenly it didn't even feel like the same job that I had signed up for. I was taken from my two managers who I adored and given to the big boss's BFF essentially to be his junior. And all of a sudden, I went from being this new star talent to someone who couldn't do a fucking thing right. He would say things like, oh, you're so fucking stupid. And he even at one point said that I was like too girly to do the job, but I toughed it out. I shut up and I did my work and I kept my head down. And, you know, there were many days where I would do good work and then this guy would take credit for it. And I just let it happen because I, I thought that this was the dream, right? Like I was making uh, first year, like 95,000, second year, like 115,000. And I was like, well, this is like pretty good. I have a pretty good income. Like, is it safe to leave? And I didn't think it was. But one day I came into work and I was wearing a long cardigan. And this is the day that kind of changed everything. This guy looked at me, touched his hands together and bowed and said, is that a kimono? Ha 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 ha. At that moment, I recognized that not only was he like a horrible, terrible boss, but he was never, ever going to have my best interests at heart. And he was never, ever going to prioritize my career or want me to grow or learn or support me in that way. And it just became really abundant that I had to leave. At the end of the day, I ended up leaving my fancy Wall Street job for three major reasons, people, pay, and personal life. First and foremost, 
people. Again, I mentioned, you know, I had these two managers who I was in love with. They were stern. They were not afraid to let me have it when I was making trading mistakes, but they were fair and they treated me with respect and they never made a comment that made me feel like, ooh, that was like a little bit of a dig. But, you know, when the head of the desk got let go, I got this new manager and I didn't have an advocate at work. I was 22, 23. I was an idiot. I did not have that senior person in the back room banging the table saying, hey, she's a star. We need to pay her. I just didn't have that anymore. And not only was he making these racist and sexist jokes on the desk, but he was never, ever going to be someone who would mention my name when opportunities came up. And he was in those decision-making rooms. And unfortunately for me, I didn't see a future for myself in this environment because I wasn't set up to succeed. And I think it's really important to recognize, you know, different people in your career and how they help advance you. And this guy was absolutely not it. And then I want to do a little bit of a tangent here because I think there are two environments at workplaces and I want you to be able to tell the difference. There is a type of boys club where you're going to realize that no matter how hard you work, no matter how smart you are, no matter how much work you produce, you are never getting in that club and you are not going to be treated with respect and you are never going to be part of the in crowd. And unfortunately for me, that was my case. And I think it's pretty abundantly clear when that is true. You're left out of little conversations. People like giggle about you behind your back. It's just like not a good feeling. But what I will say is that this is very different than a scenario where, for example, I went to my second job And when I was working in tech and media, I got there. There was definitely like the circle of cool kids when I arrived to be a digital media strategy salesperson. And the cool kid circle was basically people who sold the biggest deals. They were the people who were constantly rainmakers. They were, you know, always at the top of the leaderboard in terms of revenue for the company. They were just like essentially the best employees. And I wanted so badly to be a part of that circle. Sure, they were close. They were friendly with each other, but they never made me feel when I wasn't a part of that group like an outsider. And I knew that if I worked my tush off and I became one of the top revenues, like revenue generators, if I became one of the top people, I was going to be able to get in that circle. And I was able to make it into that circle within three years. And suddenly I was the new show around town and people were bending over backwards to help me make my deals happen. And I think that's a really clear delineation of is the in-group, is the group of people who are being rewarded, getting raises, getting promoted based on something that you will never, ever be able to achieve? Or is it based on something that you can actively get? And it's so important to know which of the two you have at work. The second reason why I ended up leaving Wall Street was pay. Young people sign up for these Wall Street careers knowing that they're going to essentially sign away two years of their lives, that they're going to be overworked. They're going to be underpaid by an hourly basis. They're going to be asked to do all the shitty grunt work in the beginning because the hope is that they'd eventually become these more senior members of the team, in which case they'd be overpaid and underworked. But for me, I was starting to see that that wasn't ever going to happen. Trading, sales and trading as an industry was contracting. And in my first year, I mentioned I made $95,000. And while that sounds like a lot of money, I was working 14 hours a day. Not to mention I was living in New York City. It's obviously one of the most expensive places on earth to live. And without the promise of these massive seven-figure checks, it became pretty tough to stomach the idea of working 60 to 80 hours for pretty much the next 40 years of my life. And it would be like bonus day in January. And you would just see every single person walk out of the back room when they were given their bonus number and they'd be pissed. So why did I want to work in an industry where no one was ever happy with what they were being paid? That was kind of the conclusion I came to. And last 
three, I think this is probably one of the most important personal life. Like I mentioned, I was working a 14 hour day. I would wake up at 5 a.m. And because my roommate was an investment banker, so she would get into the office at a normal time, but come home at like 2 or 3 a.m., I would have to get ready in the dark. And I would shower with just this like tiny little light on. And I was so tired and exhausted all the time. And waking up at 5 a.m., I'd get to the office at 530. I'd wrap up my day around 6 or 7. And then... Oftentimes, at the especially in the back half of the week, I'd be expected to go to client events after work. I'd go to dinners. I'd go to drinks. I'd be meeting with analysts. I'd be meeting with people from hedge funds. And I was not getting home closer to probably 9 or 10 p.m. on a good night and sometimes not even close to like, you know, closer to like midnight on a bad night. And I get it. Like your first couple years, you need to earn your stripes. I know everybody says like, eh, millennials, Gen Z, they don't want to work hard. That's not fucking true. I was working so hard and I took a look at the most senior guy on my desk and sure he was coming in later than me. He was working from like 6:45 and probably leaving at like 5 5:30. But that's still like an 11-hour day. And this made me really reevaluate my life. And I asked myself, you know, do I still want to be working almost 12 hours a day at the age of 50 when I probably have a kid or kids and a family and other hobbies and passions that I want to pursue? And frankly, the answer was no. But, you know, leaving Wall Street wasn't easy. I had gotten to this point where everyone thought that I had made it. Like my parents were able to brag to their friends about, you know, how cool Vivian is and how great her job is and how she had made it. And it was really scary for me to walk away from that. You know, this was one of the most coveted jobs coming out of college, especially like the Ivy League and that level of elite college. This is one of the most prestigious jobs in the world. And smart young minds from these schools would give their left arm to have what I had. And I didn't know if I was making this huge mistake, especially when you're working on Wall Street and you're going to these fancy restaurants and the bill's $1,000 and people are wearing designer clothes and they're getting these exclusive invites to concerts and sporting events. It really does feel like you're living in an episode of billions. And a lot of people, myself included, were really bought into that glamour. And everyone, you know, from your friends, your family to society is telling you you've made it. And it feels really odd to walk away. And when I left Wall Street, I actually got into a massive fight with my parents because they felt like, hey, we'd thrown all this money for you to go into a good school. You got the right degree from the right place and you got this job. And now you're what going to go leave? We ended up not talking for three months and it was a really, really hard transition. But this story obviously does have a happy ending. After my job on Wall Street, I was able to find a new job in the media and tech space. I ended up going into digital media strategy sales, like I mentioned, and it ended up being the best decision for my career. Like I went from making $95,000 a year to making my last year with a W-2 job in media, I I made $625,000. And that is more money than I'd ever thought I was going to be able to make in my 20s. And even better, I was able to blend my two passions, this piece of finance that I love, but also my ability to learn social media savvy from this tech and media job to create your rich BFF. So at the end of the day, I think everything does quote unquote happen for a reason. I hate when people say that, but I'm very lucky that I've been given this opportunity. And I think a lot of us could benefit from thinking deeply of whether or not we're actually set up to succeed at work because a flower can only grow when it gets enough water and sunlight and has good soil and is protected from the elements. And if that's not the case for you at work, I promise you there is a company, there is a boss, there is a setup 
out there that will take care of you the way that you need to be taken care of, that will provide you the resources you need to succeed and get your bag and grow and become this really, really strong person in whatever career field you have. And it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be shitty. It doesn't have to be something you dread every single day. And frankly, you should not be getting abused verbally at work. And I hope you learn from my lesson that you guys are able to leave sooner than I did because if your boss is not out there advocating for you, if your boss does not believe in you, you're not going to get paid. You're not going to get promoted. And it is so important now knowing that our time is so valuable and we only get so much of it and that finances do impact every portion of our life. Getting a new job that treats you right, pays you better, will help benefit every single aspect of your life. And this is all to say, I believe in you. I think you can do it. And in the coming weeks, we will talk more about leveling up your career as well. So thank you guys so much for listening to my story. And I hope that it helps you guys. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Net Worth and Chill. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a rating and a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Got a financial question you want answered in the future? You can leave me a voicemail or text me at 908-858-3410. Make sure to follow me at Your Rich BFF across social media for even more relatable financial content. Special thanks to my team at Audioboom as well as Range Media and WME. See you next week. Bye!